Hello, this is Brian Wampler with another episode of the Chasing Tone Podcast, the podcast about guitars, amps, effects, as well as, well, some off-topic discussions. Joining me today again is, I keep saying joining me, but back again today, I should say, is Blake Wyland. Blake has a wonderful podcast himself called The Tone Mob, where he uh, interviews a variety of different artists and creators and gear builders and all kinds of interesting folks like that. Hello, Blake. How are you? Hi, Brian. How are you today? I am doing wonderfully. Uh, oh, as wonderful as we can, I suppose. Uh, I mean, I'm still locked away in my little dungeon here, but I have been for about four or five years, so that's somewhat <laughs> normal. <laughs> yeah. I'm still yeah. unable to find the elusive toilet paper, though. <laughs> you know, uh, I I am I think I talked about it on the, the last episode, but I'm the designated grocery getter here yep. um, because I can quarantine in the shred shed should anything crazy happen. Uh, and the rest of my family can't really do that. So I'm the designated grocery getter. And I went to the store the other day and you wouldn't believe it. They must have just restocked. It was loaded up. Uh, you got to buy some toilet paper. We'll trade some pedals for it. <laughs> <laughs> one pedal for one roll. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they 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 were right and rightfully so limiting people to one one package per household. So I just got one package, but it was like I got really lucky in a lot of ways. So just by happenstance, we got like we got a Costco case before all this happened. And so I really just needed to top my top my storage off. I didn't need to uh, completely replenish. So, hmm. yeah, we're we're doing okay in the TP department, at least in this not, neck of the woods. I'm not totally out yet, but I have thought about you know starting some starting a new business, Wampler Toilet Paper. Yeah, you know why not? You got a sausage company already. Why not? <laughs> I got a sausage company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never never tried the Wampler sausage, but I'm I'm kind of curious. It might be good. Who knows? It's pretty good. If you're from the, I think it's mostly like a local Tennessee area thing, isn't it? I, I don't so. certainly never saw it over here. I think it's mostly around Tennessee. So apparently, there's for those who don't know, there's a big sausage company called Wampler Sausage. Literally no relation. Well, I mean, I'm sure somewhere there's a relation, but it's not like my you know brother or uncle or anyone no immediate family that that's running that business but it still is uh quite interesting to have a you know a sausage company we could we could dip into a different kind of business and maybe maybe do wampler bacon you know there you go people would know nothing they would they would know they would not be the wiser until wampler sausage probably sued us (laughs) (laughs) but our bacon would sound the best it would yeah. be the best. It'd have the sizzle. Have that it sizzle have that you need. The be- it'd be boutique. Boutique bacon. Mm. <laughs> Believe it or not, we do have that uh, because it's Portland and we have everything boutique. You want boutique right. soap? Oh. You want boutique yep. what? You know, candles? You want boutique lighting? Like, we got boutique everything over here. Oh, dude. I, so a good friend of mine actually lives over near me. Has uh, He like real big into the grass-fed beef stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Simpson Farms, if you're familiar with Indiana stuff, um, and he's he has never been busier. I mean, he sells so much. Well, and to be honest, his his uh, meat is like really ridiculously good. It's really good. 
Um, but it's all grass fed and I think he sells chicken, chicken meat and turkeys and pig stuff maybe. So maybe he does some sausage. I don't know. Never bought that from him, but, uh, he, and I would, I would call him a boutique meat, um, manufacturing person. Not yeah. really. I, I suppose that's what you call it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, this is a weird thing to talk about on this podcast, but we talk about weird things all the time. So <laughs> just, just because I've chasing I've, beef, welcome to chasing beef podcast. Man, I, I, I could go for that. Um, just because I keep seeing on, on Facebook, like people freaking out about meat shortages because of all this crazy stuff that's going on. And I understand that not everywhere that's listening to this has access to this kind of thing, like your friend over at Simpson farms, but right. hit the Google machine if you're really worried about that, because it's not a problem on the supply side. It's a problem on the processing side. So right. hit the Google machine and see if there are local farmers in your area. Like there's a ton around me and I'm sure there's a ton around you that, you know, beyond just your friend, like go right to the farms. They will sell you stuff. Like, yes. Like if you're really struggling to find it at your store, which I think it's going to be okay. Like, I don't think it's going to be like a disaster. But if there's something you really want, like a particular cut or something, and you are struggling to find it, just go to your local farms. They will sell you stuff most of the time. And a lot of people don't know that. Uh, it, it's like kind of surprising to me how many people aren't aware that their farmers will sell to them <laughs> directly. So check it out. I, I, keep telling, I keep telling Amanda, which uh, for those who don't know, that's my wife. Um, I keep telling her, like, we need, we need to buy a cow because we have pasture. We have pasture because people lived in our house before had horses. We don't have horses, but we still have the pasture and stalls. And I'm like, you know, we we need a cow because we could grow some seriously good hamburger, you know? Mm. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you definitely do. <laughs> and she's uh, she, she thinks it's not a good idea. Can you believe what? that? She thinks what? it's not a good idea. But to, to her defense, she is right. We have... You probably, if you watch my videos, you know we have goats, and my goats are my babies. They're like they're like my puppies. Mm -hmm. So you know, I go out there and they jump on me like a dog would, you know. And they're they're not your average goats. They're pretty friendly. <laughs> so I can't I can't imagine. I mean, I would if I was hungry, but I can't imagine taking one of them to slaughter because they're my pets. You know. I, and knowing me, my personality, I would probably get attached to this stupid cow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it'd be like, I don't know, George the cow or something like that. I'd call him, I'd call him that because that's what I do with my animals. I give them regular human names or descriptors like my gray cat. I have a, that's his name. And gray have, cat <laughs> is the name of gray, the cat. Gray cat. And uh, the one that you see in my videos, that's my fat cat. Yeah. So fat cat and gray cat. <laughs> <laughs> and then my yep. goats patty patty the goat pepper the goat molly the goat and then marilyn the goat so <laughs> i like it yeah so, I like so that. george the cow who's uh you know keep keep on eating george we're gonna turn you into hamburger yeah that's the thing you can't you can't name the ones you're gonna eat that's that's yeah, not the move that's you what gotta, they say yeah you gotta yeah, not name the, those ones that that yeah. just isn't gonna work out good for you uh, but, that's uh, what I hear. That's what I, I would be a bad farmer, which is odd because my my 
grandfather and that whole part of my family, that's what they did. They were farmers at a big farm here in Martinsville. And um, apparently that gene did not get passed on to me. <laughs> I'd be a bad farmer just because they got to get up so early. Like, no, that's not for me. That's <laughs> that the is the rooster crows. I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm not interested in then any of that business. I gotta right, we, get my beauty had put, sleep. Had to put some serious LED lighting outside to, to, to do the work during the night whenever I feel like I'm myself, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, well, it's 10 o'clock, time to go milk the cows. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, very true, man. But you mm -hmm. know what? Th this, the whole. Um, and I kind of was teasing about boutique meat, but for lack of a better description, let's call it that. The the um, the market where there is where things have kind of changed, and people who do have cows or chickens or whatever, and they're selling them, they're selling their the meat to people. Like that's it is becoming bigger and more accepted than it ever was. I I think. I think this is something that is personally it's going to change from our previous style of life where normally we would go to the grocery store. And I don't think I think we'll still have grocery store meat, but I think there's going to be a lot more people who are going to people like Darby Simpson and and buying, you know, grass fed beef or whatever in the same way that I think the, the music market's changing. In fact, uh, there's an article that just came out in the Musical Merchandise Review talking about the music industry retail response to COVID-19. And uh, it's got some pretty graphs in it, but I like, uh, I like the data. It has some interesting data. So, for example, the, the first graph says, have you seen an impact? This is the question they're asking to retailers. Have you seen an impact to your supply chain in the past months? Now, 37 percent of the retailers responded with all delivery all deliveries are significantly impacted 55 uh, percent say some deliveries have been disrupted and then about eight percent says same as usual so i would that seems roughly right but it to me it's interesting that 55 percent disruption which means we're back again to a supply and demand problem it's not that it's not that people aren't eating meat and it's not that people aren't looking for guitar pedals or guitars or amps. It's that companies just simply haven't been able to make them. And so when there's no supply, we generally know what happens. Prices go up. You know? And that is um, that is kind of what we're seeing, at least as mm -hmm. far as if you go to Reverb, which is the biggest, obviously the biggest secondary market for and primary market for some people, but it the the used prices have came up significantly, kind of across yes. the board. Oh, like, big time! Yep. And so it used to be like, yeah, the difference between a new and used pedal was, you know, between you know, ten and twenty percent, and or maybe even more. And now that gap is closing quite a bit. Where it's like, might as well get a new one if you can. And right. get that warranty. <laughs> and I'm not saying that just because I, you know, am in that side of the biz. It's, I really mean it. Like, it's, it, you do your research. If you can find a better deal used, snatch it up by all means. But uh, the gap is kind of closing into not worth it territory. And, and there's been some really weird things. I mean, since we've mostly 
um, for those who don't know, I have a bulk of pedals that I have here at my house that I'm selling on modyourownpedal.com, in case you're interested. And, uh, you know, this just like, I don't know, I probably have between five to 15 of several of my favorite models. <laughs> and I figured, you know, uh, uh, th this is the time if you ever wanted like a signed pedal, this is the way to get it. Because normally everything is warehoused in California and I'm in Indiana, so I'm on the opposite side of the country and having a pedal shipped to me to sign to then ship back to them so they can ship it out to the customer probably ain't going to happen. So this is, if you ever want to sign pedal, this is the time to get one. But <laughs> um, I was going somewhere with that and it just totally escaped me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about the, was, the music retailers primarily. Yeah, I think what I was going to say is, um, though we are selling direct and, you know, that's, that's, I've seen a huge increase in, in people buying direct from us because, I mean, there, there's some, like I said, there's some that are set aside to sell direct and the others go on to retailers and, um, we're running out of them. Oh, so that's where I was going. Yeah. The pinnacle deluxe, this has been the, the weird, the weird sleeper to me. Normally it does. Okay. It's not the number one seller. It's not the worst seller, but I'm almost sold out of those things and they just keep boom, 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 just selling like crazy. So I don't, somebody somewhere has, has talked about the Pinnacle Deluxe and we're selling them like it's like their toilet paper. We're literally selling them like their toilet paper. And, uh, that, that conf that confuses me a bit because I haven't done anything different marketing wise. So sometimes it's, interesting it's really thing. hard to tell where these things come from. Uh, you know, like, so a good example, I talk about the strings a lot because I just, that's the thing I have the most direct connection to, uh, right. In relation to what you're doing. It's not exactly the same, but it's kind of the same. Like all of a sudden one day we woke up and like, why are we selling so many sets of eights? Like nobody buys eights, like not nobody, but very few people buy eights most of the time. Like, why are we selling so many of these little, little strings? And then it just like, it took us a little bit to figure out. It's like, oh, cause uh, Rick Beato, I think I said his last name right. Um, yeah, Beato. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, he did a video on the case for light strings, and he wasn't advertising for string joy or anything. He was just talking about light strings in general, and you know that trickle effect came over to us, and so it was. It sometimes like, and it, if we hadn't been so plugged into the guitar world, and that video hadn't went so viral, we probably would have never known. But like, there's a there's a decent chance that some, like, YouTuber with ten thousand subscribers somewhere bought a Pinnacle Deluxe, loved it, made a video, and we just don't know about it. Very <laughs> yeah, very well could be. And I noticed with like Beato with with Rick stuff, he released that video, and then there were several other channels that kind of did their own version of it. Not don't take that wrong as they were copying Rick. That's not what I mean. I mean they saw what Rick did and said, ah, that's a good topic. I'm going to spin this off on how I feel about the subject. Mm -hmm. And so it's, if you're selling strings, you're like, yes, more people should talk about strings today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, I, I, I definitely think people should talk a lot about strings. They should talk about strings 24 <laughs> seven should never talk about anything but strings. But, uh, 
yeah, it's a it's an interesting over there too because Nashville has been just getting brutalized in 2020. Not not that everyone isn't, but they had the big tornado, which was obviously terrible. Um, then they obviously are dealing with COVID, like the rest of us are. And then a couple, what was it? La- the beginning of last week, yeah, beginning of last week, they had another storm come through and knock out power for like 140,000 people, including the shop. So, yeah, Nashville's taking a beating right now. Oh, it's man. Yeah, they really have. Big time. Okay, uh, so I'm going to kind of go through a few of these graphs here because... Uh, oh, yeah, let's do it. I, th- I, think it's, I think it's a good talking point. The next one, have you... Again, this is the magazine that polled retailers. So these are retailers answering. Have you been directly in contact with your suppliers regarding the ongoing pandemic and how is it affecting or will it affect business? So 42% said, yeah, we contacted some of them, but not all of them. Uh, 47% said yes. And then 10% said no. So I'm looking at this like, okay, so 52% of your suppliers, people like me, Retailers said, yeah, we can't pay our bill this month. I'm just not answering the phone. (laughs) (laughs) What? Don't do that. Yeah, We need you you to pay the bill. Please pay the bill. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Uh, That's just that. So uh, as, as one of those suppliers, I read that and thought, that's not good. <laughs> you, if you don't pay the bills, we don't build the pedals. <laughs> so right. I would say if you are a retailer, please contact your suppliers. Please don't try just to work ignore their calls. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like we're all in this together, but you can't just allow us to ship you product and say, thank you. I'm not going to answer my phone to pay the bill anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> Uh, these, so, these responses okay. are interesting, and th- but they are like percentage wise. Uh, yes. I'm just going over it. They they are kind of exactly what I would expect, honestly. So like, really, so so that's interesting. So you would, and I know that you you work a lot in this industry with not only um, Stringjoy but uh, other companies as well that work in the MI space or the musical industry space or um, musical instrument industry, I should say. Um. But 52%. See, that I, I actually thought it'd be a lot lower. I, I figured you're talking that about there the would be some, but not all categories. That were the, the, yeah, uh, 40, yeah 42%, I mean, but still, that's still, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, 42% plus another 10% of just absolute no, we won't. Yes. The <laughs> They're like, no, I'm not talking to nobody. Right. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I, let me see how I can phrase this in a very kind way. That's not super mean. Um, a lot mean of Blake. The, I want to hear mean lo- Blake. No, I'm trying to be nice. Uh, <laughs> there are some amazing dealers out there, right? There, there are some that work tremendously hard and they're paying attention to the trends and they're paying attention to what's going on and doing their best to, to move product and, you know, like, try to help their customers. There's, there's, there's fantastic dealers out there. Uh, there are also a lot of not great ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that true. Like, a lot. I would say on average in, in my, in my short time in this industry, the amount of 
poor dealers is at least equal to, if not a little bit higher than the ones that are awesome. And unfortunately, I would agree with you, man. Yeah, it's, absolutely. And, and I'm not saying that that I'm not saying that they're bad people or that they're bad at life or anything like that. I'm just saying from a business perspective, they don't do a great job with this. And this graph kind of shows this graph, like I said, kind of lines up with what I'm talking about. You mean to tell me that the that ten point nine percent have not had any contact with any of their suppliers about anything that's going on right now? <laughs> that's pretty fascinating, isn't it? That's oddly not enough, good. I bet that's you uh, not a good way to do business. It just isn't. Ten point nine percent will be going out of business real shortly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's a lot. There's a lot of dealers. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So ten point nine percent of no contact with any of your vendors through any of this. I mean, that speaks to, that's probably right about what I would, like I said, it's right about what I would have expected. Um, yeah, I get you. So, so I, I thought this next thing was really interesting. Um, in, in response to concerns regarding COVID-19, your operation is currently 38%, almost 39% completely closed. 34% transitioning to online sales only for now. 22% open, but at limited hours, and 5% open business as usual. Uh, I, I actually, the completely closed thing is what threw me off. I'm like, what? What? Th now is the time to get your e-commerce up. You know, now is yeah. now is the time to grow that program. Don't don't close the doors and walk away. No, 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 no. That's 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 definitely not what I would do. Um, that's well, actually something that really that really uh, blew my mind. Well, we were talking about, you know, the quality of dealers. So one of my favorite stores locally, they do a tremendous job with keeping amazing inventory. They have really, everyone knows them as a very respected place to go in town. I, for years, have been like, I will help you sell online because they don't sell online at all. Zero. And I was like, I will help you guys set this up if you want. You know, like you're kind of missing out on a tremendous opportunity here by not doing that. And this actually prompted them to start selling online. They they were like, we can't, you know, they're open. They're open, but the, nobody can go in. You know, it's like a curbside. Like, if you right. see something that you like, we'll bring it out to you. But that's obviously a very difficult business model to maintain for a retail store. And it is. Especially uh, for something that you want to pick up and touch and turn knobs and play guitar. You know, you yeah. Know, you, if you buy a guitar, generally you want to play it, you know? For sure. Yeah, you want to try it out. You want to, because, I mean, we've all been there. We, like, see a guitar and we're like, ooh, that thing looks great. And you wander over to it, you pick it up, you plug it in, and you're like, uh, no, it's not, actually. Right. <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, there's some companies like Sweetwater that do a really good job with, like, letting you know what you're going to get before you, you, before you get it. And, I don't know, I think that everyone's going to have to take a page out of their book, honestly. Uh, that Sweetwater is one of those companies that if you if you're a retailer, I would absolutely study what they're doing and try to mimic them in some way because they're doing a lot of really good things. And as far as well, not only in selling musical instruments, but even how they interact with with their town and their environment around them and. Just, I mean, Chuck Sirock, I actually admire the guy a heck of a lot. He's just, he's a super, super good guy and an outstanding leader. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I'll step off my soapbox here for a minute, but 
Yeah. But ditto. There, I mean, it, I, I agree with you on that. Very much so. And I'm not just saying that a, because they sponsored the Tone Mob podcast. Uh, <laughs> I really do believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, it's a, if you haven't been to the Sweetwater facility, it's kind of amazing. It's a, I, I equate it to, it's kind of like Google headquarters for music nerds. <laughs> I've never been there. I really want oh, to yeah, visit someday. You got to come out, man. I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's a disappointment there. They're not doing Gear Fest this year. Um, which, so Gear Fest is kind of, it's an outdoor event where all the manufacturers go there and people come from everywhere to play gear. And usually it's discounted somewhat, but it's just, it's kind of like, um, Hmm. It's kind of like a what's the word I'm looking for, Blake? Blake, help me out. Forty six years know. old. It's like a it's like a mini <laughs> the, man. The pl- the place where you go to buy things cheaply outdoors is called a flea market. Flea market. That's the word. Thank you. Jeez, <laughs> um, my age is catching up with me. Uh, it, it's kind of like a flea market, but classy. You know, Classy flea market. So it's a it really farmer's is. market. Oh, it's, it's a market. lot. It's That's a good, yeah. So it's like a farmer's market, but in a really nice area because it's it's just well done. It's well put together. It's, I mean, the porta pots are clean, for example. And you're, <laughs> that's saying you know, a like, lot. Yeah. I mean, they have great food there. They have great coffee there, like free water, like all. All this stuff they do for the customers, it's it's pretty amazing. And I'm kind of disappointed they're not doing it this year. But it's um, that's that's always the highlight of, of my summer is, is the Gear Fest. It's so much fun. Yeah, I was actually planning on going this year and uh, kind of kind of bummed myself. But like I, I normally like I was kind of like going like, am I going to go Summer Nam or am I going to go to Gear Fest? And I was like, why don't I just go to Gear Fest? I've done Summer Nam. I really enjoy the hangs at Summer Nam. And I love Nashville. Like, I love Nashville yeah. so much. Me too. But, uh, but I, I was just like, I've never done Gear Fest, and it looks like a good time. I should probably go to Gear Fest. But say la vie, you know, whatever. Can't do anything about that. Yep. So this this next graph I, that we have here, yeah. you want to talk about that? Actually, actually um, I was going to skip over that next one unless you have something to, to mention. But basically, it's have you been in touch with local school officials or music instructors since the academic year was disrupted? And I thought, eh, it's probably more like, you know, flute cells and trombone cells and that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't think that has a lot to do. But I, I think, again, this this graph kind of lines up with what I've... I'm surprised that the, these are all lining up with my assumptions is kind of why I wanted to touch on it. It's like 41.5% sure. said no. And I'm like, yeah, that seems about <laughs> right. Like, I don't see any reason for that if you don't have a facility that, like a lot of uh, stores around here, they don't have anywhere to do lessons. Some of them right. do, and they advertise that, and that's a thing. But like, some most of them don't. So that doesn't really surprise, like there's no reason to be in contact with the school if you can't do anything for them. So, or if the schools are closed, I mean, I assume they are in your area as well, but the for schools sure, here yeah. are basically closed until who knows when. Yeah, we're definitely closed for the year, for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely closed for the year. Uh, and at this point, I think Indiana's wondering if we're even going back next fall. We'll just have to play by ear. Um, but kind of along that line, so if you skip over to 
the last graph, if, it says, if you normally offer music instruction during this time, have you moved over to having lessons online, like live streaming or pre-recorded video, podcasts, etc.? 60% said yes. Uh, 9.5% said nope, but we're planning on it. And then 31% said no, and no plans to do so. I shall not do any online marketing, nor offer any <laughs> services for customers. Why well, would? Come on. 2020. It's 2020. I think that that, that question, that, that one actually does surprise me. Uh, because it says, you know, the way it's phrased is, if you normally offer music instruction. So I'm assuming that everyone who responded to that offers some form of music instruction. Right. And you have no plans on trying to keep <laughs> some segment of your business alive? Exactly. 31.1% have, like, like wouldn't one, you just be one trying third to of do them said, everything you yeah, could one, right now? One third of them said, why would I when there's Netflix on? I mean, <laughs> I just, this is the, again, I go back to, this is the time in times like this where you reevaluate your business and you're like, all right, so normally we have a lot of students. They generally come in here. What if, what if, just follow me with this. What if we devise a program where they can make, you can use the internet and maybe have some sort of video component to it and maybe offer lessons that way. Maybe we could build a course, you know, and, and, and build some courses for our students where they can log in and take some guitar lessons or vocal lessons or drum lessons or piccolo lessons, whatever your thing is like that to me as an entrepreneur of sorts, that's what I would do. It would not be sitting at home and waiting for the next rerun to pop up on my Netflix. Yeah, I mean, I can understand like wanting to take take this as an opportunity for a little reset. You know what I mean? Like, all right, I need to. I, I've been working really hard, as as you and I are both aware. Like, pretty much everyone you talk to in January and February, they were like, "Wow, that was our busiest month we've ever had." And then right. this happened, and we here we are. But like, so I can understand like wanting to take a week and have a breather and like, okay, that was a really crazy time. Let's watch Tiger King and, uh, <laughs> and eat some chips and hang out. But now that we're this deep into it, it's kind of like, all right, let's, uh, let's look at what we can do here. Like, what are the opportunities? <laughs> what are the, what are the things? And so if I just know and no plans to do so. I'm just like, but why? Like what? Why? <laughs> I don't to me. I don't that's, uh, that's the that's the companies. Uh, I'm going to throw some people under the bus here, kind of intentionally, but not really intentionally, because I'm not going to name anyone. To me, those are the companies that don't care as much about their customers. They're the ones that m maybe maybe they're just they have a store because they've always had a store, and you know, it was passed down from their parents or their you know family or something, and they're like, oh, yes, I sell guitars for a living, you know. Um, maybe it's that person and they're thinking to themselves, eh, I think I'll go back to roofing houses. I don't know. Could be. But um, I could say, again, follow the sweet water model. It works. <laughs> it works incredibly well. Incredibly well. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, I think all right so it's... That's good. Go that's a good... No, that was a good point. I, I, you're, you're, you gotta be, you have to be right about it. That's the only, 
reason I can think of why somebody who now I I say this I know I understand if you don't offer music lessons and didn't before this why right. you may not start doing that now I'm assuming that these people who responded to this question did offer music instruction of some sort right so, or else you wouldn't because it says if you normally offer music instruction so therefore if you answered it then you're an idiot number one <laughs> and <laughs> if you answered it and you don't have music instruction you right. misread the question yes <laughs> so we should disregard your vote anyways and and that's <laughs> that's the thing is we don't know how the, these surveys are are interesting to see and there's definitely valuable data in there to analyze but there are i, I you know, I don't know what the percentage is. Five percent of people who responded to that probably didn't read the question all the way. <laughs> you Could know, be. Like, Could be. Yep. So it's it's hard to know. It's hard to know. But these are these are definitely interesting numbers to chew on, for sure. Yeah. Yep. All right. So before we hop off here, uh, I want to mention two things real quick. So one thing of interest: celestial effects. Um, you may know them for. I I, I know it's. Hang on, let me look them up because I just was on their website. Effects, and I can't remember the names of their models. Okay, yeah, Zodiac series and the Sagittarius. Yeah. There you go. That's the word. Uh, Cancer Wall of the Fuzz. That was a big one. Um, they have the Aries Beast distortion. But apparently, they're changing models. I. I haven't talked to the to I think Dom Mancini's the one I know that that works with him. Um, I haven't talked to him, but I'm assuming that they're looking at everything going on in the industry and saying, you know what, we're really good in this area, and so now we're going to focus on manufacturing and engineering for other guitar other guitar pedal companies. So they're kind of transitioning into that, which is really cool because to be honest with you, there's a huge arbitrage, at least from my position, a huge, um, let me put it a different way. There is a huge opportunity for those who are good at building pedals in a, not like one at a time necessarily, but in somewhat of a structured uh, manufacturing capacity and then offering those products to other builders, other guitar pedal companies. So, um, that's just, uh, th that's like Cusack, for example, if you're familiar with John Cusack and his companies, that's one of the main things he does. He builds pedals for a ton of popular guitar pedal companies that you probably already know. You just don't know that John Cusack builds them. And it's really not that important because someone else, like, you know, company Tom's Guitar Pedals in Arkansas or whatever, if, I don't even know if that is a company. Probably not. Anyways, but let's say they design guitar pedals and they're like, you know what? We don't really have the ability to build 500 of these. Let's have Cusack build these for us. And then he takes all of your specs and he builds them exactly like you want. And he ships you 500 of those pedals. So that's normally how it works in the guitar pedal industry. So to have someone else to offer the service is fantastic. I know WGS, or uh, they go by All Pedal. They're another good company um, that a lot of people use. So to have uh, Celestial in there doing it is, is great, fantastic. Yeah, there's there's really not that many. There there are people who build pedals for others, but there's only a handful that do turnkey things like that. So to have another option is is great. That's that's really cool. 
because it is definitely a yep. service that people need. There's there are plenty of people who are really great at designing things and really great at you know having a vision for a product who just don't like manufacturing. <clears throat> Mentioned Brian Wampler and other people. That uh, would be me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like. Like that's manufacturing is its own skill set and its own it's very totally. specified process and very special. Like it takes a special person to be able to do that well. And so and that's it's really a totally cool. different talent than the, than the creative side generally. Totally yes. other part of the brain, other side of the brain even. Um, so so we get that. And then um, so last week I talked about well, you and I both talked about a really really classy looking fuzz that was point to point wired and it was just absolutely amazing. And I botched the name of the company. So we need to, we need to add a correction and, and throw a shout out to those guys. Cause, um, just, they're so awesome. You got to look at their Instagram too. It's just fantastic. What, what's their name again? So it's a, uh, it's Marcus Reeves is the guy who actually built it. And I believe the company is, hold on, I'm pulling it up here. It's his name. I just want to make sure I get the Instagram handle right. Uh, Reeves Guitar Pedal. So yeah, easy. So his Instagram is Reeves uh, at Reeves Electro. So R-E-E-V-E-S-E-L-E-C-T-R-O. Reeves Electro. That's who made that fuzz. And he does really good work. So there you go. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, so that's a good week, 30-some minutes into it, and uh, I'm ready for a cup of coffee. Sounds good to me. I could do one myself. We'll talk to you next week. Later, Hosen. Thanks for listening to the Chasing Tone Podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at wamplerpedals.com. That goes straight to me. If you like this podcast, make sure to share it with your friends. Bandmates, others into guitar gear podcasts, or really podcasts in general, since we don't really talk about gear a majority of the time. If you'd like to show your support for the show, the simplest and free way to do that is really just to go to like iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and leave a positive review. You could also, that would mean a lot to me, if you visited my other site, modyourownpedal.com. We have shirts there. We have stickers there. I do have some pedals that I'm signing and shipping out from here. Just a couple of them I have left, as I mentioned earlier in the show. And, uh, yeah, check those out. So, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>